Dynamite Download. Dynamite Download, your home for all positive coverage on all the wrestling. Special event, as you can see, uh, STD. Welcome to Dynamite Download. What's Welcome. up, everyone? Welcome to Dynamite Download. That is right. I'm That's why I need to do that intro. <laughs> yes, we, we can. We will happily re-record that. That is my buddy from Philadelphia, who's got a great voice for radio, a great announcing voice. But thank you, everyone. You're not. You check your screens. You're not seeing Crayfish. You're seeing Mind Runner, our special guest co-host this week. Oh. SPD and Dynamite Download are back. We took a little bit of vacation break, but we're happy to welcome back uh, episode 81 here. And thank you so much, Mind Runner, for joining us here as a special co-host on a pretty, uh, pretty important show in terms of setting the stage for what's ahead of the next month. You know, we're in May. We're in the final run uh, ahead of Double or Nothing. We got another match announced and pretty much hinted at that third match. But looking at this card, man, before mm -hmm you watched the episode what match was really going to stand out to you that you thought was going to steal the show or really be impactful uh hands down uh the dante martin ray phoenix match that to me that's like that's like two of the titans two of the the i don't even think either one of them are from this planet that you know that's gonna be a zero gravity flip fest of just back and forth back and forth and spoiler alert it was that it was even it was even better than I imagined. I think at some points, and uh, you know, it's just a shame this. And again, free TV. We got this free TV. This wasn't pay per view. Unreal. This this was this was free TV. We got this match. I think a lot of people are looking forward to it, myself included. Yeah, Fantastic. and it's and we'll dive deep into that. I got a lot to say about that because yes. Ray Phoenix has consistently been my top performer weekend, and we got when he's healthy, and it's great mm -hmm. to see him back. And I put it on our Twitter that the wrestling world missed him, AW missed him. Uh, it's just not the same with without Ray Phoenix in there, and he definitely showed up tonight in a young against a young guy in Dante Martin. But to kick off the show, we started out with a boom adam cole baby you know aw has been known to give the people what they want the fans you know starting off with cm punk mm -hmm. uh theme song and now we're getting obviously he even though he's on team heel i'm a big adam cole fan uh kicking things off get the crowd going but his buddy with the super undisputed elite bobby fish versus jeff hardy in his singles debut here in aw how did you what do you think about this match i i thought i was actually uh it hyped for this match in because it could go two different ways. I was the way they were building it up with Adam Cole already winning and Kyle O'Reilly already being in. So now you're thinking, are they going to, are they, is Jeff going to lose? And so they're going to have like this whole undisputed in the turn running <laughs> through the tournament kind of thing. Right. But I think what we're setting, what they set up at the end of this was kind of the idea. And I think, you know, where we're going because, there's already, if you're watching BTE, if you're kind of watching on Twitter too, this has mm -hmm. been kind of the buzz. 
What are they? What are they trying to set up there? We want that Hardy Boys versus Young Bucks match. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I love watching BTE because there's so much more they don't include on TV, and I love that they they're not afraid to to pull back the curtain and lean into that stuff. And it's really good stuff that we're seeing with the Hardys. And I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to bring that up um, as well, because when that match happens, if it happens at double or nothing or not, I mean, it's going to be fantastic. And I could totally see the young bucks or the super, excuse me, the undisputed elite costing Jeff Hardy, maybe a match, but Mm -hmm. you, you know, down the line, maybe a a semifinals match um, just to, to, further this feud but honestly you know it's great seeing hardy in the ring as a singles competitor here in aw but to me bobby fish stood out the most i think he was like on the aggression so much and his i love his offense his really like aggressive offense that top rope falcon arrow um it just really impressed me and it was a nice showing for bobby fish i i agree i agree and you know again i I feel like jeff hardy's kind of even, even though it wasn't long ago he was wrestling in WWE, he's still kind of getting back on the horse a little bit. Um, that Swanton, again, is like his good, is, is fantastic. I, I do think it's great to see. You can even see it in Matt Hardy's eyes that Matt is so happy to have Jeff in AEW. Delete, delete, delete. <laughs> yes. Hero. yes, exactly. I, I feel like it's, um, there's only, this is going to be their, a great run, might be their last run of the Hardys. But I feel like they're going to go out like the Hardy Boys will. They're going to have a tremendous, tremendous run. No, you're right. And, I I mean, it's no secret these guys have been through, been battle-tested through and through. And it kind of shows. They're slowing down a little, as expected. I would have slowed down much longer or, you know, way sooner than they have if I took the bumps (laughs) that they took. Uh, It's incredible that they're still walking at this point. And so if they do get that last run and go out and pass the torch to the Young Bucks, uh, it's it's going to be pretty epic and no better no better team to do that and that's what we saw at the end of the match was them confront them um, on that as well yeah. so the the tournament is shaping up I know we still have another tournament uh, match later in the show mm-hmm. which will put up the brackets and then I want to get your take on that but the next match that we're going to talk about is the the Blackpool Combat Club which Ooh. has been you know pretty much unstoppable since the trios have formed i mean they've been unstoppable when the duo formed and with real Re- william regal what did you think about that regal promo ahead of time uh, awesome i saw it i think on the road too as well and i just want to say how over is wheeler you at this point like how over is he now I don't think there's there's no one that has made a 360 or 180, you could say, that quick in AEW than Wheeler Yuta. And deservedly so. He's put in the work and mm-hmm. it's he's getting rewarded. Absolutely. It, it's, they're just they're making him into this beast. And, and what a great way to match him up with Moxley and Danielson and of course William Regal. That the promo about you're going to remember your scars. That's how you're going to remember. And then they close in on Wheeler Yuta with bleeding from his head. Um, Intensity is here is insane. Wheeler was a candidate tonight for my top pick. I have to say he was in my top list. Can't spoil if he was or wasn't, (laughs) but uh, just putting in the work and that, that spot they have at the end with they, the three of them are all doing their, their pounding the kicks, the yes, the yes stomps. And then Mm -hmm. they all throw their submission on at the same time. Stop teasing us, Tony Khan. Where are our trio's titles? And who do we put them on? Do we put them on uh, Blackpool Combat Club? Do we put them on 
another trio that we might talk about later. I don't know, but I'd love to see it with Blackpool Combat Club. I mean, these guys are unstoppable right now. Mm-hmm. They're violent. They're technical. They're unhinged. They're unstoppable. You name it, that's what these guys are. And they're just, I love, like what you said, when the three of them all of a sudden gang up on their opponents all at once and it's just a gang warfare. I love that part. It's not getting old. Every time I look forward to it, the way that they close out the match, a true team, true t- trios effort. And, and you know, there's a lot of great trios in AEW. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I put it out on our Twitter, which if I want to ask you, Mind Runner, right now, since we're talking trios, which trios would you put it on Blackpool Combat Club or is there another a group that you put it on? A month ago, I would have said it's got to be come down to House of Black versus uh, Death Triangle. Then Blackpool Combat Club came around. And and for a while, too, I mean, even with the Marco Stunt days, you know. If you, True. You know, moment of silence for Marco Stunt. He, it's a work. So he's coming back, and he's coming back as a heel, and he's going to run AEW. But no, you'll but you'll die on that thinking. grave right there. <laughs> hey, it's a work. Trust me. You'll be back. But uh, I always thought, you know, uh, that was a great trio, the Jurassic Express. And, you know, we can talk a little bit about that later. But I I feel like Blackpool Combat Club is kind of like, like you said, unstoppable. And I could see, I could see them just dominating. If they opened up like a trios tag tournament or something like that, I could see them just, and ultimately coming down to either Blackpool Combat Club versus House of Black, which would be tremendous. But imagine, yes, imagine. Blackpool Combat Club versus Death Triangle. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Can you imagine that? I mean, then we, if there is a tournament, we would first, we would have to have Death Triangle versus House of Black, which would be an absolute banger match. And then we're going to get the the grand finale with with that in the match. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's, you know, yes, Jurassic Express, you know, we talked about best friends in the past being potentially being the first one as first trios down the line, but best friends kind of have gone their separate, you know, kind of dissolved a little bit you know especially with orange cassidy's injury um but you have you can put the gun club in there as a trio ass boys yes that's right which we saw later <laughs> we saw later in the show which was pretty funny uh which uh i talked about with crayfish that we could rename them the scissor squad since they're if they're <laughs> yeah. gonna team up with <laughs> they're gonna team up with the acclaimed because everyone loves the acclaimed the scissor squad and the gun club are gonna put some awesome stuff but i mean it's it's almost it's only a matter of time we've been clamoring for that for how yeah. many months that the trios titles need to happen and uh i know tv time is tight and i know mm-hmm. you know only three hours a week of of television so but it would if they're gonna keep going this way with this ring of honor crossover. I don't think there's room for that trios title yet, but yeah. if they're going to kind of separate that brand a little more, then you can re-add it. But because we're seeing all that with, you know, the Samoa Joe, we saw in the yeah. main event tonight and all that, I don't think there's room for it just yet. ROH is, is, is kind of uh throwing, not only throwing a monkey wrench because that's like, come on, please throw a monkey wrench. But it's like, sure. it's really, it's kind of changed a little bit of landscape. I mean, you're, as they continuing to build and i heard that it, i guess the deal was finalized official today so oh Tony Khan's just awesome. getting started with what he's going to do with ring of honor and so it's going to be a brilliant to see and of course we're going to talk a little bit later about the roh uh, women's match but sure I, I feel like um i feel like great things are coming for roh it's going to be uh definitely worthwhile in tony Khan's hands i think it's going to be tremendous and but you're right uh they, they have a legacy with the with trios matches over there so We'll see what happens. We're going to see what comes out with that. I a did uh, have a quick stuff. question, and then maybe a question for everybody is: yeah. 
do we keep uh, Blackpool Combat Club as is? Or is there, is there anybody else who's yet? Because remember, they were looking at Lee Moriarty. They were looking at some of these other young guys. Do you keep Wheeler Yuta and that's it for a while? Or is there someone else we should add to the mix? So this was a, a thing that Crayfish and I talked about a little bit. And I threw out a name right away. This is a great question. Um, first off, I want to answer your question. Keep it as is. Mm-hmm. But I think there's room for a big man. And I think... You know, the first name that came to mind was Lance Archer because he's had that history with John Moxley, John Moxley, and he's known for those absolutely brutal and just, you know, bloodthirsty matches. But if you want to push that young talent, mm-hmm. have Anthony Agogo join Blackpool Combat Club, if, especially with the ties with Regal over, you know, over the pond. And then he could, you know, we haven't seen him in the factory that much. Maybe kind of have, you know, of him being upset, not being used in the factory. And then the Blackpool Combat Club kind of hinting. Uh, so I think that would be a dark horse candidate right there. In my they opinion. came very close to doing that, too. They should have. They pulled the trigger because one of the most recent dark matches, dark Ele- I think it was Dark or Dark Elevation, it was Blackpool Combat Club versus the factory. It was That yeah. was the main event. And a go-go was at ringside. And I actually... Gogo gave me some crap on Twitter about this. I said, "Okay, why didn't you step in? Your 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 boss, your you know, right. Marshall was getting his ass handed to him, and you just kind of—I was waiting for him to come in and just give him a little right, little left and right, right. Little, little bit of the shuffle there. And it it, it sets itself up because a Gogo Regal right there, you got some history there. Oh, you think uh, from you from the straights on from the you get this whole thing going." It would have been perfect, and just just seeing a Moxley versus Go, just having a Go 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 through, go through all three of the members of Blackpool Comedy Comedy Club, Blackpool Combat Club. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, that would be tremendous. I think that would be that. That's a, it's a storyline just waiting to happen. Pull the trigger. They haven't done much with the Go Go, and and I'm and I don't know if Agreed. there's something going on behind the scenes. We don't know, but it's time to get him. I mean, he's the one member of the factory that arguably isn't a glorified enhancement talent. And I don't mean to say that, and no offense to QT Marshall, Marshall, I know he's our boy and stuff, yep. but let's yep. be honest, it's, you know, the, the, the factory. No, I agree. I think that, I think we'll mark this date down and look back on this in a few months. And I hope it's true because someone as, not in a bad way, it's true, green in the industry mm-hmm. could benefit light years yeah. To be surrounded by someone like William Regal, John Moxley, Danielson, and even Yuta with his experience on the Indies, I yeah. think he would benefit way more in the Blackpool Combat Club versus Lance Archer. Even though Lance Archer would be awesome in it because his direction right now is so hit or miss, yeah. flip flop, uh, it would work both ways for both those guys uh, on that. So that's exciting booking for sure. I like that question and that topic as well. But one of another one of you know the inner marks our yeah. favorites here is the Ward Dog, Mister Mayhem Wardlow. Going against a mystery opponent that is seven feet tall, and you can't teach that for sure, um, which we kind of hinted for that. But, you know, when MJF officially announced William Morrissey uh, out out there, a.k.a. Big Cass, uh, I was, you know, his story is very, you know, heartwarming in a sense. I lo- I'm a sucker for heartwarming, you know. Yeah. I know his struggles, his personal struggles, and he revamped himself. The guy looks like a million bucks. He's got about a you know a baker's dozen bottles of baby oil probably MJF put on him <laughs> tonight, but he looked awesome and he had a great showing uh, yeah. in this match. So very impressive outing for Wardlow and 
Uh, William Morrissey, I, you know, I think he, even though losing to Wardlow, it didn't do him any harm because Wardlow is going to be pushed. Yeah. He's getting the Goldberg treatment right now, which, which I thought about when as soon as he's walking out with the security guards and the, the crowd is chanting Wardlow, Wardlow, that Goldberg treatment. Mm -hmm. So whether you're seven feet tall or you're 10 feet tall, Wardlow is going to go through you because he his he's the sky's the limit with this guy. This, this has been a tremendous, tremendous storyline. And this is what, what I feel AEW does best. When they do, when they stick to it, you know, the times where they kind of go, uh, they for, they they forget about it. I don't know, but this has been one of those storylines that's been tremendous. The everybody's chomping at the bit <laughs> for Wardlow to get his hands on MJF. Yeah. Everybody's dying, and I got to give a shout out to Sean Spears as the ultimate toady, as the ultimate right hand man to the heel. It, it's you know, Sean Spears. I'm always watching him behind MJF. He's like, yeah, yeah, man. All this, all his facial expressions, but Fantastic. they're building Wardlow up for a beast run. They're built. He is already over the pop he got with no music, <laughs> no music. The That's pop impressive. he gets, and then that whole scene after uh, be destroying Morrissey. I would say destroy, but it'd get beating him. It oh, the security team couldn't even stop him. That whole beat where he was throwing everybody, pretty much all of the. Uh, Everybody from the back, all the security team was, was getting knocked around, and that just he's just a beast. And I feel like, too, uh, yeah, he's getting the Goldberg treatment, but he's one of the first people in a long time to kind of get that uh, Hulk Hogan, Kurt Angle pop when, you know, the, the you know, he, when he undoes, undoes the straps and he's yep. ah, like this, Love the crowd, that. it's, that's, you know, it's time, you know, it's coming, you know, the symphony's coming, the power bombs are coming. Mayhem is coming. Wardlow's start, the, the belt will be around Wardlow not too soon, but I feel like within a year where we might see Wardlow with some some gold around his waist. He does, I can't wait for that. He definitely doesn't need it yet because he is a, a draw in amongst himself because the guy is just fantastic. The stuff he's doing, you yes. know, uh, he his matches are so fun to watch. You know, he's giving us more and more each week, such yes. as this week, the moonsault that we saw by Wardlow, Incredible. a guy that size, you know. The Huracurana last week. Yeah. On the Archer. What? Oh my, yeah. The stuff that is just impressive. And then this week's his powerbomb. I know we didn't get the powerbomb symphony, but his powerbomb on Morrissey was probably one of his most impressive powerbombs yeah. to date just because the guy – it, I mean, it's not an easy move to do, let alone doing it on someone like Lance Archer. That's a big time. dude. Yeah. I mean, and Lance Archer is a big dude. Yes. Morris, Morrissey? Yeah. I did get kind of a kick. The, the audience was 50-50 on Enzo. I yeah, mean, that's that a little was bit funny. Of a, <laughs> I was, was going to ask you about that. Yeah, there, there, was, there was a 50. There was people going, we want Enzo. And then, we, no, no, we don't. So, <laughs> I don't know. That's going to be interesting if we see uh, his buddy come around. But, yeah. I, I, and I'd like to along? see. I mean, I don't know what uh, Morrissey's contract status is with Impact, but I mean, that's he, what if he shows up in ROH? Yeah, I mean, the guy deserves to be wrestling somewhere. Um, I think yeah. you know he's revamped himself for one, um, and he can go in the ring. And whether it be with you know a Mike piece, I know he's been doing indie bookings with his old tag team partner Enzo, um, but yeah. the guy deserves to be working somewhere. And is there a spot for him in AEW? I'm not sure. Is there a spot for him in Ring of Honor? I'm definitely sure. I'm sure he could fit him in somewhere. Yeah. Uh, so I want the best for him. You know, this was a tough one because every week I love just the Wardlow saga, being part of Wardlow's world. Mm -hmm. And, you know, 
He wasn't my top performer this week. He was the last episode that we did. Um, but week in and week out, I'm always like, like I, I posted on Twitter, grab my popcorn. I'm on the edge of my seat. <laughs> what's going to what's gonna happen with this Wardlow segment? Oh. Uh, and MJF, and we're finally getting closer, the light at the end of the tunnel of what we're seeing. And it was almost like playing a video game or playing God when he just was going through dozens of yeah. security guards. It was absolutely hilarious. <laughs> it was just, it, he must have been having the time of his life just manhandling these little jobber security guards back and forth. It was so funny. I hope they put that in the AW video game, kind of like, you know, when when you're playing Street Fighter, you get to the one, you got to beat up a car. It's got to be like Wardlow in the middle of the ring and just a a ton of security guards. And you got to just powerbomb every one of them in in a certain amount of time to get the bonus. I think that'd be pretty cool. (laughs) It's some great stuff, man. And, you know, we're getting closer and closer. And, of course, MJF, uh, the mm-hmm. coward he is, he's <laughs> not going to do anything until he's in his hometown of Long Island next week, Bonnet. But um, one guy, as as a, the resident babyface, this is one person that I am all in <laughs> on Team Heal is Chris Jericho. The stuff ah. that he's doing, excuse me, the wizard the, Chris the Jericho. Wizard. <laughs> <laughs> the wizard, the demo god, the influencer, the champion, whatever you want to call him, it doesn't matter. Chris Jericho is always on the top of his, his game, and he's never missing. And, you know, he threw that fireball last week being the <laughs> wizard. It's just so fun. I bet you, you know, I wasn't tied into the Twitter universe or the social universe last week when he threw that fireball. So I don't know if people were just kind of trending that he was the wizard doing that stuff or self-calling himself that, but it was funny. He had mentioned it on Rampage, and that that kind of was his thing. But, yeah, he's like, I'm a wizard, (laughs) like where the fireball came in. And, you know, Dev and I were were expecting Eddie Kingston to show up with his eyebrows burned off or something. I saw that photo. uh, It's so funny. (laughs) But, yeah, and, you know, first of all, yeah, first thing Deb sees, she's like, hey, I – I want that jacket. Look at that jacket. Look at the fringe on all that stuff. He's, a fantastic jacket. Jericho like is playing. This has been perfect. Like when they first, like in JAS, I was kind of like, well, what's it's kind of a lame name, but <laughs> it actually, to me, it's great that it's lame because if you, it, and I'm catching little nuggets here and there, like uh, they got the, they got the Matt, uh, the magic daddy magic there. He does the intro. You know, he does He's giving intro. us a taste. He's this, giving us a taste. This is the best in sports entertainment, you know? <laughs> and that line, was it last week where they did the line, that the, the AEW Galaxy versus the WWE Universe? I, I thought that was tremendous. The the uh, parallels that they're doing with sports entertainment. And oh, it's so great. It's it's tremendous. And I, and I, and I really, I, again, once again, Jericho has reinvented himself. I don't and, know how you can do it so yeah. often so good. It's it's and I feel like it's great that he's giving like the 2.0 guys and uh, Garcia this spotlight. You know they're, they're elevating them in the process. You know Hager is Hager. He'll right. always be Hager. I mean he's kind of he, he does what he does. But you need that muscle. You they they got tremendous personalities of the 2.0 guys and uh, and adding them into this whole mix. And I feel like it's just a great. They're just all feeding off of Jericho's ego and. What a great feud to put him against the realist people in the company uh, against a wrestler who may not realize pro wrestling is, is scripted sometimes <laughs> Eddie Kingston. And um, another right question kind of that I was thinking about, we've got Eddie and we've got Santana and Ortiz. Are we building up for a blood and guts? Are we building up for a five on five here? That's the if one so. Question. Yeah. Who do we add? That's a very good question. I had that in my notes for this show with you. I wanted to pick your brain. I was like, where do you go from this? Because, you know, this was 
such a, a fun match, such a, a, a cool, a good feud that we're getting mm-hmm. so far. Yes, I've been team inner circle from day one, uh, and I'm sad to see them break up. But this is a great segue yeah. because I think 2.0, as you know, to echo you, just are just overflowing with character and charisma. These guys are hilarious. Every time they're on screen, they absolutely they steal the show and they just make me laugh out loud more than more than most people on the show. And so their comedy level is top notch, and they're giving us all a big taste. And they're giving taste. us a peek. You want to take a peek? <laughs> <laughs> a taste. Um, I got a couple thoughts, uh, and I've been I've been thinking about this. And um, you know, if you do go five on five. You, yeah. you, you got to get at least one person kind of from Eddie's past For or sure. from the LAX's past, what have you. Uh, names like Homicide come to mind. Yeah. You know, he's been in there before. He's done a run-in before. Right. Um, yes, Homicide and Hernandez, I like those odds. I, thank you. Scoot! The Scoot <laughs> is in the building. I do I do like those odds. Yes, here's what I was thinking. You could also go, again, with the Forbidden Door open. Mm. You know, Eddie's passion for Japanese wrestling, for New sure. Japan. I could see someone coming from New Japan to join in on him. Here's how you book this, though. You got to go You got to go with introduce the fourth member here in the next week or so. Have them come in and do the save run-in. So now you've got your fourth member. Maybe it's, uh, maybe yeah. it's a homicide. Maybe it's um, somebody else. Maybe it's this T- Takeshi guy or something. You bring somebody in. But you don't reveal the fifth. Eddie says, I got the fifth guy coming at double or nothing. I've got the fifth guy. And then, just like you do, just like they just like they've done before and in other wrestling companies of sports entertainment companies, <laughs> you bring You're in right. as the fifth member of Team Eddie Kingston, the Swiss Superman himself, Whoa. formerly known as uh the known now as Claudio, the former Cesaro comes in as number five wow imagine that and they do have a history eddie and uh, cesaro do go way back i don't know their history so where were they where in the indies in the the indies long before they've read in fact there's a great picture somewhere of the two of them dressed like used car salesmen (laughs) i would love to see that (laughs) it's yeah i mean they look like they're ready to sell you like a used a used um el camino but, you know, uh, Cesaro would that. be one of those guys I would love to see in AW because I think he was so – I mean, he had some good stuff. I loved him and Sheamus, you know, Irish background, the bar. I love their tag team there. But, like, you know, pound for pound, the guy is so strong and, and so, you know, good in the ring. And so that would be, that would be a nice uh, fifth wild card for a blood and guts. And it seems mm-hmm. to me – I agree with you. I think it's going that way for some kind of five-on-five – you know, stable versus stable war. And it's only a matter of time because week in and week out, we're seeing Jericho Appreciation Society giving us a big taste standing tall. So, you yeah. know, they're not going to stand tall for long. And, and that's kind of been, that's kind of the, uh, the the karma of the ring, if so to speak. It's whoever's standing tall as you're getting close to the match, they're usually the ones that go under at the actual blow off. So, you're right, you're right, yeah. So not the, always, the, but night most before, the, the, the night before pay-per-view, whoever loses, is going to win the next one. It's, you know, booking 101, but yep. that's okay. That's yep. all right. You know, next match, you know, moving on, we're talking about, you know, I think our match of the night. Before we talk about that, you know, we saw uh, the House of Black and the Varsity Blondes get confronted on that. A little bit of, you know, turmoil and kind of confusion yeah. with Julia Hart. You know, what do you, I, I'm curious, what do you see happening with Julia Hart and Varsity Blondes? You know, it's, I, it's still unknown. With- Pardon my expression, but they're giving me some serious blue balls with this Julia Hart thing. 
I thought tonight was going to be the night. I thought tonight was she, and it was almost the night. And uh, you got to give kudos to Julia Hart. She did play it up. I mean, she had the, the fear there at the end. And um, Varsity Blondes have kind of fallen off the, the tag team themselves. I mean, it, it's harsh, but it's kind of happened. I could see Griffin uh, and Brian kind of doing their own thing at some point. Uh, but I, I feel like they, they should have pulled the trigger tonight with Julia. I feel like they should have just gone for it and she should have gone crazy and then joined the house of black. What do you think? Do you want her to join? See, I think you either just, I think it needed to be either she's done or she's healed kind of like the Pac thing where he was blind. Like she's, she's good to go and she's, you know, rejoining give Varsity blondes that kind of uh, ignition and in, in reigniting them as, you know, kind of like a true at this point, a mid card, perfect baby face tag team to root for or you have her either go you know join the house of black which i don't think they need her i don't think they need a female or kind of just go on her own ways going i I feel like if the plan was to re-energize the varsity blondes they wouldn't have needed how the death triangle come out and make the save i feel like they should have been some kind of like she stopped and then pillman does the save and and there's a final reconciliation in the ring Either way, I, I do feel like this. I'll stand by this. Regardless of what their plans were, they should have pulled the, the climax should happen tonight, or the, the setup right. should happen tonight. Yes, agree. They've been stringing us along way too long with what's going on with Julia, a little right. too much. And that tends to be a problem sometimes where they there's sometimes they I feel like they don't pull the trigger when they should. And yeah. whether she turns good, like I think it would have been cool if she turns good, and then Abaddon shows up and and it beats her up. But either way you want to do it, there was an opportunity here to to just pull the trigger one way or the other. And I feel like it was a miss. I feel like it could have been. I feel like a lot of people were like, "It's there's there, it's a difference between oh, I can't wait for right. Wardlow to finally beat up MJF because you know it's coming. Like you see, you know you, he's got to go through these people. That's different." Yeah then, okay, what's going on with Julia? Finally time to pull the trigger. Oh, no, she ran away covering her eye. What's going to happen? We, we need we need more than that. I they like. should have, that's a good point you talked about, Abaddon, because I know when we were at All Out Weekend, you know, um, Malachi was talking about Abaddon and other potential females joining the mm-hmm. House of Black. And so I think it, it would have been a cool double swerve where yeah. she took off her thing or, or took off her eye patch and potentially was going to join them. And then, the, you know, a double swerve, another female came in and beat them up. And then that could set up to maybe a uh, a trios, a mixed tag or something along yeah. the line of the House of Black. But I think the bigger feud, the bigger picture is the death triangle and the health, the healthy death triangle. Yeah. And yes. a house of black, a full house of black, which is going to be an absolute banger of a show or a banger of a match for sure. W- like as we saw here, Dante Martin <laughs> and Ray <laughs> Ray Phoenix. Uh, man, it is so good to have him back. Like I mentioned oh. earlier in the show, the wrestling world is not the same without him. Mm-hmm. That mat, that injury was absolutely brutal. It was very tough to watch and very nerve-wracking because of you know the severity of it thankfully it wasn't as severe as it was and he's back in you know almost you know less than five months which is pretty incredible stuff so this match i is a dream match for me because i'm a huge ray phoenix is definitely in my top two or three mm-hmm. uh aw superstars or wrestlers in the world currently and dante martin is just this guy who's always always a show stealer 
Incredible. And it, it, it was everything I was expecting. Like, of course, you just it writes itself. You see, you say Dante Martin, Ray Phoenix. It's you know, they're not gonna touch the ground for 16 minutes. It's gonna be all <laughs> over the place. They're gonna be floating here, float, it's gonna be crouching tiger, hidden dragon, all over. And the spots and the creativity. And I know a lot of it's Ray Phoenix, but uh, like Dante Martin being able to do a lot of this stuff, that one spot where they both were at the top rope and they both did a Spanish fly and they both landed on their feet and, and, feet, and they're like, and they're just like hanging out in the middle of the ring. I mean, that was tremendous. I Incredible. mean, exact everything. There's the, the boom, hop here. And even, even the picture in picture, Dem and I were laughing because we're watching this tiny little screen, but we're <laughs> watching them bounce around on this tiny little screen, like little ants. It was like circus, circus fleas. It was, it was incredible, <laughs> but it was, it, it, the, this was again, what a great way to bring, to not only bring Ray Phoenix back, but to showcase Ray Phoenix, but mm-hmm. showcase Dante. And again, sad about his brother Darius out again, but it, Dante has, Dante is, is such an incredible talent. I mean, he's kind of like Wheeler Yuta from the standpoint of, he has worked his tail off to this point. Oh, he's yeah. He's a clear talent. He's so likable. You can see him smiling in the ring, you know, and it's not just because he's with Sky Blue, but it's, you know, it's <laughs> he's he's just, you know, he he knows it. And he knows he can do this stuff. And he's so tremendous to watch. It, it, it put in Ray Phoenix, of course, defies gravity. I I did wasn't entirely sure how this was gonna go, but I feel like the right person won. Mm-hmm. For the tournament, but you're the sky's the limit for Dante. I mean, we're going to be talking about Dante Martin 10 years, 10, 20 years from now. The guy is so young, I don't even know if he's old enough to have a uh, beer yet, but <laughs> no. it's, it's incredible. The, st- the stuff that he's doing at his age, I couldn't even imagine what oh. I was doing at that age. And you know, I don't even want to talk about it, repeat that. Um, but you know, <laughs> this was the only match that got the, the loud echoing, this is awesome chance mm-hmm. and fight forever chance. And it deserved every second of that. You know, the stuff that, man, Ray Phoenix, every single one of his matches is absolutely incredible to watch. I cannot yeah. talk about him enough, how incredible of a talent he is. And, you know, I'm a guy, I do like a big guy, big moves kind mm-hmm. of guy. But Ray Phoenix is one of those one of those performers that just constantly leaves my jaw dropped. And Dante Martin is not far behind that. Every time he's he's in the ring leaves my jaw dropped as well these two combined are just it was a perfect combination and the sky's the limit with them and it's i think it was a great test and a great essentially learning match for dante as well uh because he's doing so he's doing so great and he's proving that he's standing be able to stand alone uh as a singles competitor and this goes to show you know here my pick and your pick for dynamite or the dynamite top performer. Uh, I had to yes. go with my guy, Ray Phoenix. <laughs> and you went with yours, Dante Martin. These guys stole the show. They deserve yes. it. Hands down. Hands down. Stole the show. And I love that moment at the end when, uh, when Ray Phoenix got the pin, and he just kind of leans over and you know, that, that was, that was that, uh, it, that's that whisper interaction that we'll never know what they said, but right. you know, that's that, that's that seal of approval. And, and again, the parallels between these two guys—they both know how good they are, and yeah. they love. They—they they, they're like a fish in water. They thrive when they're doing this kind of stuff. You're absolutely and right. It just—I feel like they're—they're they're cut from the same cloth. This again went to Ray Phoenix. I went with Dante just because more so that he kept pace with Ray Phoenix. We already know what kind of what a wrestling god that Ray Phoenix is. Dante Martin kept pace with him the whole time. It was everything we wanted it to be. 
you could have rolled the credits right then. It would have been <laughs> great, but it just it, I agree. I thought that was fantastic. You're absolutely right. I would have been happy with close the show, but we did we we still got a main event to talk about. But I want to show up show <laughs> the Owen Hart Foundation men's tournament brackets. As we see this, uh, who do you who do you want and who do you think will come out on top? I know well, those are sometimes two different things. You got to think as the booker and you got to mm-hmm. think as the fan. Yep. So. And didn't did we talked about this before? It's like um crayfish goes with his gut. You go with your heart, and was it Bonds used to go go with his with his brain? Before we get into that, because this influences my decision on my pick. Who do you think the joke is going to be? I think it's got to be someone with Jay Lethal's clan. It's got to be. Yeah, it's going to be like the Satman Singh guy, or you think it'll be Jay Lethal? I mean, to me, if you're bringing in a Joker, you almost have to have him go to the finals. Or at least, or win, you know. I think you know. So often we see that Joker in the battle royale uh, win or not win. You know, I think you always got to uh, do that. Scoot Saint Claudio. So I, I haven't not thought about the Joker because this kind of threw me for a curveball. I didn't yeah. think we were going to get a J- Joker, but I mean, to me, I, I I'm going with my heart, wanting to see Dax win just because yeah. of that. And then, yeah. then I want to see Bret Hart. I see Hart what you did out. there, going with your heart. I like yes. that. <laughs> And I want to see Uncle Dax win and then Bret Hart come out and then Bret Hart kind of be with the FTR because that would be fantastic. Um, that being said, who I think is going to – but it's a, it's a hard booking. Adam Cole is – you know, he's yeah. only lost the hangman. And so if he's going to lose the Dax, which is fine with me, uh, that that'd be an, another back-to-back losses. So I want Dax to win. That's my heart pick. And I like that because that creates that final moment where, yeah. and you know, you know that Cash is going to be at ringside. Cash is going to second sure. Dax for this entire thing. Um, Adam Cole losing and perhaps losing as a result of something like because we and it, sometimes it depends on what happens first. Jeff Hardy versus Darby Allen. What if oh, you know? What so if uh, the, the Young Bucks or the uh, the undisputed Elite interfere with the Jeff Hardy match and then tit for tat? They True. come in and interfere. I, of point. course, it's kind of – I don't know if I kind of would want those this to be more of a pure tournament, but they, they are setting up for – you have to keep in the back of your mind, are they setting up for this, you know, Hardy Boys versus Young Bucks, Hardy Boys kind of Hopefully. thing. Um, I feel like as far as the Joker, the Joker needs to be a big name. The Joker needs to be a pop. And, you know, who's who's available? Who, who would either return – or who could possibly show up? Um, I have a couple ideas. One is very much out there and probably not going to happen. One is like a one a billion chance. But let me tell you who I think is coming. Samoa Joe comes out. He's got his music. Yeah, we might even see some uh, interference from uh, from Jay Lethal and the crew. But no, I think that the Joker is going to be someone who needs to redeem this tournament. None other than Miro. I think Miro's coming back. I think it's going to be Miro as the Joker redeeming this tournament. I think he's going to. And again, Samoa Joe's awesome. But can you imagine Miro versus Samoa Joe? And then just Miro stomping through this tournament? I, To me, I think that would be tremendous. I feel like that would be an incredible, incredible matchup. Um, right. that all depends. I, I, that all depends. I, it could be, um, 
I don't know if you guys caught it, but I feel like Miro oh. as the Joker just coming in and just destroying his bracket. I mean, again, it's it's going to be great. I mean, he'll, whoever he takes on at the semifinals. But imagine the finals, getting your dream and Miro in the finals. Miro versus Dax for the Owen Hart tournament finals. So that's a that's a great thing. We have not seen Miro in so long. And it's one of those things, if Miro returns, I want him to win. You know, mm-hmm. and, and also, like I said, my heart wants Dax to win just because of the ties to the Hart fan Foundation, the yeah. Hart family, and it's such a big fan and all that. So Miro is an awesome pick because mm-hmm. the guy – as soon you know he was doing some incredible stuff incredible promos you know the redeemer stuff uh i think that's a tough booking because of samoa joe's recent addition to AEW. you want to push him strong and then miro returning if he beats him clean like those man it's tough putting that i'd rather have the joker go against someone like kyle o'reilly so it's kind of like a easier win and all that in a sense I agree with you, except from the sometimes you got to take those chances. Sometimes True. you got to put those bookings in because right. you've got it. Because here's the thing, and that's kind of why I think, and we didn't really quite talk about the Hangman Page uh, promo tonight, but I feel like what Hangman was trying to do tonight with, with CM Punk was just get people out of the mindset that this is going to be a shake hand match. You need some like of those, it. hey, maybe this isn't going to go the way I think, or oh, yeah, well, they're going to push Samoa Joe to him, and then Miro shows up. Now you're wondering. Now you're scratching your head. Now I'm marking right. out. I'm like, oh, mate, Miro's going to destroy Samoa Joe. Maybe Samoa Joe might be so powerful that he gets the win or however this is going to go. Sure. That's Those are the kind of matches where I, not knowing the outcome, not know like like uh, Dante Martin versus Ray Phoenix, I wasn't 100% on who was going to win that one. Sure. So that, those are the matches that I, that I live for. Those are the matches – that I really that really popped me is when ooh this I don't know how this is gonna go, and then it, then it's over and I'm like ah oh, I see what <laughs> that's a really good point and you know I know AEW has been known to push the boundaries and and all that and they're not afraid as we saw earlier in the show of putting a, a baby face versus baby face and heel versus heel as mm-hmm. well you know not to shy away from that so very interesting stuff I hope we I hope you're right on that because that would be an incredible re-debut of the mural which we've missed so much because his tnt title run i thought was incredible but let's move on to the main yes. event and then we got to i want to hear a hot take from mind runner as we close out the show but the main event we saw a unification title match and between uh Perazzo and martinez and martinez is now the undisputed ring of honor women's champion right here and so what do you make of this as you know i know when she debuted in AW, I, I like that take with the DMD and the feuding with yes. Thunder and Thunder, you know, joining Thunder and all that. And now she's getting this push in Ring of Honor. What do you make of this match as first off as the main event and um, Mercedes winning to be the undisputed champ? This is actually going to lead into my uh, hot take because my hot take is about the AW women's division. Okay, uh, perfect. We love talking about that. By saying this. This match had to happen, and it had to be the main event because you have to legitimize the Ring of Honor Championship. You have to make make that a – you have to put that up there. It has to have that place of dominance. If this was a mid-card – if this was a mid-card match, what you're saying is the women's ROH Championship is eh, – it's you had to put that – either either this match should have been the first match or, it, or it's where it was, the main event. 
And I think True. that's that was necessary. Um, I do like Mercedes Martinez. She's a workhorse. She's been put a ton of work in. She Agreed. does have the uh, the Thunder Rosa seal of approval, in my understanding, mm -hmm. and that that's part of what I'm going to talk about here a little bit is is getting that from Thunder Rosa. But um, I felt like it was this match was kind of, uh, and I feel like it was in it on some a lot of it. I feel like has to do with the lack of buildup. Um, it depended on a couple things. You have to know who Deanna Perazzo is. You right. have to be a. I mean, Impact fans are probably like, oh yeah. I mean, if you're a big fan of Deanna Perazzo, you're probably having fun. But a lot of unlike unlike people unlike uh, a lot of the folks from Mission Pro who you've seen in AW on Dark on certain matches like on Dynamite or Rampage. Deanna, this is the first time Deanna Perazzo has ever set foot in AW. If I'm correct. I have never seen yes. her in dark. I've never seen her before in AEW. I know she was on. Uh, she was been on Impact before. Maybe she's been on one or two matches, but I didn't feel like there was enough of a buildup. We had one promo from Mercedes Martinez, and nothing else. And to top it all off, we kind of knew where this was going because Mer Mercedes Martinez is signed with AEW slash ROH. Right. And Deanna is not. You know what I mean? And right. so I feel like. Knowing what the outcome is likely going to be, there wasn't much of a buildup. It wasn't really a lot of. I mean, that the crowd wasn't quite into it, and it wasn't wasn't that the match was bad. They put on a great show, right? But it's not about a great show. Just putting on a great match, you've got to have the whole package. And I feel like right. that was missing. And I feel like if they had a little, if we had a little bit more introduction on who Diana Peraza was, have her do a promo. Have her kind of talk like AW, you guys are a bunch of losers. I heard your women's <laughs> division's terrible. I'm gonna come in and destroy, make make uh, Mercedes look like a like the fool she is. Something just point. to get us into it. If that makes sense. You make a very valid point because I'll I'll be the first to admit, I don't I didn't I'm not tied into anything Deanna Perrazzo has. And so knowing this match was on the card. Yes, Mercedes Martinez, the work that I've seen her do, I have been a fan of. Um, I did not expect this to be the main event. And so after so many great segments throughout the show, um, yeah. I'm I'm happy they gave it a chance, especially for what was at stake, um, especially for what, you know, Tony Khan owning Ring of Honor and what was at stake to unify a women's champion. That's a big deal. And, yeah. you know, they should have built it up more. And I completely agree with you. They should have built it up much more than they did. So the average AEW fan um i'm above i feel like i'm an above average AEW fan but <laughs> yeah. for those who are not tied into every single promotion i was not that excited for this because or because i'm not knowing much they should have gave promos and, and hype up this more spd you got to think of the casual fan the casual fan I yes mean, oh. The casual fan was confused what's <laughs> going on is that a suplex I don't know if you've seen RJ City do the uh, casual fan impersonation, but if no, you, I haven't. by the way, Please if you're not haven't. following RJ City on Twitter, or if you haven't been watching the uh, the Hey EW, which I thought was Hey Ooh for a little while, if you're not <laughs> following on YouTube his stuff, you got to check it out. But yeah, I, I mean, anybody that watches wrestling, you think about it too. Like wrestling, either wrestling, you look at it as a sport where. There aren't any casual football fans that you had to explain a storyline between the right. Ravens and the 
and the Cowboys or whatever. I mean, hey, it's a football game. That's what you're watching, right? Mm -hmm. Or you look at it as a television program, a show where there is storyline, where there is this, that, and the other thing. And so there's no, but nobody, nobody binge watches a show as a casual fan. You don't right. just say, hey, I'm going to give Breaking Bad a try. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and try, uh, you know, I'm going to go try Ozark. No, you you sit there and you're like, what's Ruth going to do? Well, what's, you know, what are the birds going to do? Good point. And the same thing with wrestling is you, you there, I don't think there really is such a thing as a casual wrestling fan. And, and what I mean by that is, I mean, granted, there's people they'll catch it when they when they see it. But I don't think that's so much what we're worried about. Most people that are watching AEW, and I could be completely wrong, are fans, and they are watching it weekly, or they're at least watching it enough to yes. uh, to stay on point with what's going on. And that's kind of what is going to lead into my uh, my hot take. Yes, is Can't wait. It, if you don't mind, the AEW Women's Division. And again, I I know here we are. Here's there's a gray haired dude. Talking, telling women what needs to happen. All right, I know. Oh, okay, no, but as I'm talking as a fan, as a huge women's wrestling fan, those of you that follow me on Twitter know who I am. You know, yeah, a little bit of a fan of Mission Pro Wrestling, just a little bit. You know, I would say you've given us a big taste of the that. taste of Mission Pro. <laughs> Shout out to Mission Pro, May Fourteenth. Don't stop me now. It's going to be a tremendous match set of matches. Holiday versus Delilah Doom. You've got the Renegade Twins there. You've got Willow Nightingale is gonna be, is gonna be back. There's all kinds of crazy stuff going on. But having said that, I've heard I've read this on Twitter way too much. I've seen it uh, seen so many takes on the women's division needs more time on TV. The women's division needs more matches. I don't think that's the problem. I think that's the symptom. And here's why. As to, to borrow Simon Miller, here's why. The problem is quality over quantity. Mm. And you got to ask yourself this question first. Who are the current women ch uh, women's champions? Jay Cargill and Thunder Rosa. Yes. Why is Thunder Rosa the women's champion? Is it because she does the most flippy-do flexible stuff in the ring? No. Is it because she's the strongest, most powerful wrestler? No. She's in there because she's Thunder Rosa, she works her tails off. She's in the mm -hmm. Indies. One week, one day, she's at GCW. The next, she's at Mission Pro. Then she's at Warrior Wrestling. Then she's over here doing a promo with the, with the kids. She's everywhere. She's doing her vlog. She's doing uh, Brand Army. By the way, sign up for uh, Thunder Rosa's Brand Army. You will not regret it. Awesome co extra content for it. She's doing the taco vlog. She also, in a, in several interviews, she, I, and I, she can correct me if I'm wrong, but I've noticed that her and a couple others have talked about their frustration that what frustrates them the most is every Wednesday, AEW has, has practice. Usually, I think it's with Dustin Rhodes. And very few women show up. The women that show up, Red Velvet, Jade Cargill, and a few others. And among those names that, Jet, that Thunder Rosa has put her seal of approval has been Jade Cargill. You can see that. Because look where Jade Cargill has come from when she first when she first showed up out of the blue behind Cody, the Shaq match, to where she is now. Would you agree that Jade Cargill has gone leaps and bounds from where she started? There's not many people in the industry that have grown so quick, so fast than mm -hmm. Jade Cargill. 
and that and I believe that is 100% her work ethic. Now I'm not saying I'm not slamming that saying that the other women in the women's division aren't working. But here's right. the problem. The problem is storyline. The problem is building the building the women's division up. It's not the quantity, it's the quality. Agreed. What made us so excited, chomping at the bit for Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa? It was the promo. What got me excited about Serena Deeb and Thunder Rosa was the story, the promo. Mm -hmm. What gets you excited? It's the storyline that's going on. You're what right. are we missing in a lot of cases? The storyline. Case in point. Do you remember Jade Cargill versus Marina Shafir? <sighs> what was that all about? I mean, I don't mean to be negative, but no. here's the thing. There was, uh, you can't promote yourself by glaring at me under your hoodie and mumbling a couple words and saying I'm a problem. That doesn't promote anything. No, and the second thing is there was no explanation where Red Velvet, who was Jay Cargill's mortal <laughs> enemy a year less than a year ago, is suddenly her BFF baddie. No I would say explanation. Less than two weeks ago. No, no explanation at all. Here's what should have happened. Stay with me. Instead of Marina Shafir, you should put her on a, her own little path, have her have some mini feuds, go beat up Sky Blue, go beat up, you know, um, Kira Hogan, go beat up a few people, get that, go, get something going and give her a mouthpiece. Someone like Malcolm Bivens, who just got released from WWE, pair her up with him. That'd be interesting. She needs a mouthpiece because, again, staring at you through her uh, hoodie, it's not going to work. Instead, this is how they should have done. They could have killed three birds with one stone. Jay Cargill's number 30 should have been against Chris Statlander. Mm. The alien Chris Statlander. Because this would have been the moment where she turns and ditches the alien act. Because she faces Jay Cargill. Red, obviously, Red, the storyline was going to be Red uh, with Layla Hurst turning on Red Velvet and everybody right. and being the villain. She's out with an injury. You got to pivot. This was the opportunity. In that match, that's when you have Red Velvet turn. That's when you have the turn, the heel move. Everybody's like, what? Red Velvet, how could you? Blah, 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 blah. And now everybody's chomping in a bit, just like you get in any television series. We got to get answers. We want to know, why did you turn on Statley to Red Velvet? You right. scumbag. And that's what should have happened. It would have perpetuated everything. Then you have they have Chris Statler takes your contact out, ditches the ET Act. And now she's badass, Chris No, that that's a lot to digest, and I completely agree. <laughs> that is a, a, a definitely quality over quantity. You know, mm -hmm. here at Dynamite Down, we we pride ourselves in in all positive coverage. But the thing is that we want the best, the most. Yeah. And, you know, if you look back early days of Dynamite Down, I was a very strong critic or proponent of wanting the best out of the women's division you know it mm -hmm. took me a long time for really to support the women's division because i want the best i see the yes. best i want the quality i'm all about the quality and so you know we're seeing more and more of that in the women's division with the thunder roses the Deves, the the, mm -hmm. the sheetas the dmds and you know i'm a big statlander fan as well um but i agree with you you know that Sh i think shafir has like really good potential yes. but i think that match was booked 
pretty poorly. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they could redo do it all over again with the right build, it would have been much better. Yeah. Um, repackage her with a mouthpiece, with better music. Uh, just give us that hype. And I know they did a few promos ahead of time. Um, but I, I'm all for you. I've all, I, you know, I agree with you. I, I want that quality. I want the best for the division. And we're, we're going to see D versus Thunder. Oh, it's gonna be I don't think there's any two women in the AW that are better than those two. Yeah. And that's kind of also, <laughs> and again, just to kind of, if I can just jump in here real quick, that's also the positive, the hope that, cause the women's division is good. The women, the, anybody that said, oh, the AEW women's division is terrible. It's not. It's really good. Mm-hmm. It needs, it can be even better. It needs some work to be even better. But exactly what you said, Deeb and Rosa, they've raised the bar. They've raised the bar to where women's wrestling should be. You're Everybody right. needs to catch them. And if you're watching the Indies, you're watching these women busting their tail everywhere. There are a ton of women that could slide right into those spots at any moment. You're but right. we need the storylines. We need the buildup. We need the proper setup, the proper buildup, but it's getting there. And I feel like if they reach out, I mean, here's the thing. You've got Eddie freaking Kingston. You've got Jericho. You've got all these people walking around the, the locker room. Reach out to them. Imagine if Marina Shafir cut an Eddie Kingston promo or something oh, you know, like, hey, be I've insane. been on this scene, blah, 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 blah. That's what we need from these ladies. We need right. those kind of promos. We need those. And again, if you're not very skilled on the mic, pivot. But one thing that AEW has proven time and time again, if you think about Dark Order, you think about Britt Baker in 2019, you think about um, all of these different gimmicks when they first started butchering the blade, give it time. And one thing that AEW does great is they let stuff marinate. They they pivot when they need to, and they're going to make a good buildup. Look at this Tony pairing Tony Storm with Ruby Soho. Very brilliant. That's the Three. stuff that they're doing, and that's the direction. So do they need work? Yes. Do they need more TV time? I feel like AEW is a meritocracy where it's got to be earned, but how do you earn it? You earn it with storylines that the fans want to see. You're right. But going that direction, under Thunder Rose and Serena Deeb leading the charge, I think we're going to be there. You're man, that was that was quite the the <laughs> hot take out of there to, to wrap up Dynamite Thailand. I completely agree. And I think that what I love about AEW and to echo what you just said is that they reward hard work. And we've yes. seen that time and time with superstars putting in the time, such as the Dante Martins and the Wheeler yes. Yudas. Will and Hobbs. So forth. Yes. Will Will Hobbs is a huge yes. prime example, man. Powerhouse Hobbs has not only put in the work with his physique, but his in-ring stuff, man, and he's getting rewarded tenfold. And so, yes, give us that Will Hobbs <laughs> snarl for that. Um, but, man, Mind Runner, thank you so much for stepping in. We're, we are You are always welcome on the Dynamite Download show episode or here. Uh, thank you so much. Absolutely. You guys yeah, are just tuning in. Make sure you check out. We're going to clip all the – I'm going to clip all these shows for shorter segments and post all throughout the week. Any last words, my man? Well, I promise my next hot take will be a lot quicker. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, no. The, the longer the better because clearly like this is yeah. this is not like the hot take like – Oh, CM Punk should be champion. No, it, this is something that will better the whole wrestling business, yes. better AEW. And as we always say here, iron sharpens iron. So, you know, this is this is a prime example. And the women's division has been always a hot topic here at Dynamite Download in a good way. And because yes. we want the best. And it's always fun to watch them grow. I feel like we need to go out because we didn't get it tonight, even though he was wrestling. We need to go out with the... 
Angelico dance theme. We didn't get it, so here we go. I know. That was one thing I was bummed about was not getting his entrance. Can you hear it? I can hear it. We're wrapping up Dynamite Download episode 81 right here with the Angelico theme, Dancing Away. <laughs> 